Welcome to the Transformation Podcast. My name is Chris Sanchez, and I'm joined with Darren Davis, pastor and senior leader here at the Harbor Church. Darren, thanks for being here. Yeah, it's great to be with you again, Chris. Today's episode, we are going to speak with Megan Burke. Megan is, she's a worshiper at heart. She shares her testimony of her process of learning how to be a worshiper, and she's really vulnerable. And I'm excited for people to hear her story. What were your thoughts? Yeah, this one touched a deep place in my heart, I think. I was telling my wife, Wendy, how someone like Megan, she was a young adult when she first came to this community. And just to see over the course of a decade plus the transformation of this life before my very eyes. And so in this one, I learned from her and uh, learned you know, more of what it looks like to truly be a worshiper, one that's fashioned in your identity in intimacy with God, and then from there making an impact in that. We say this all the time, but, you know, worship is not about singing songs on a stage or in a service or in a gathering, but it's about a life being lived. And so this was a powerful, powerful time with Megan. So we invite everybody in to once again hear a powerful testimony of a life that's been transformed by Jesus. This oh. is rolling. We're okay, rolling. this is happening. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We already started. <laughs> cool. Okay. Yeah. Hi. It's good to have you here. Thank you. I am excited. You are a. I feel like you're like a founding father almost mm. of the harbor. Like wow. you're on the Mount Rushmore of <laughs> of people who've just they just poured their hearts into this place. And I think of worship. I think of giving, and you're one of the first people who comes to mind. So I'm really happy that wow. we're here. Thank you. I know my wife loves you. I love and her. And you love her. <laughs> and I know for like the first two years, every time I said hi to you, you're like, hi, where's your wife? <laughs> <laughs> and that was pretty much our conversation, which is most people anyway. That. But I'm happy that we get to sit down and Me talk. Me too. So we're here on the Transformation Podcast, and there are a lot of people who have, I guess, they come in, not with labels, but they come in with what they bring. And one and something that they bring, it walks before them. Mm-hmm. And when you walk into the room and, and when I know I think of Megan, worship is always at the forefront. Mm-hmm. Can we start there? Sure. What does worship mean for you? Mm-hmm. How did you get involved in worship? What's kind of like the history of how you ended up uh, being a worship leader? Wow. That's, yeah, that's a story. I mean, worship to me is simply like defined in my life as adoration, just loving Jesus, obviously with my song, but also with my life and with my yes and, and everything that I do, it just like flows from that place. And so I actually, I was thinking about this today. I didn't actually grow up singing that much. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I sang a little bit when I was younger, but I actually was a dancer and that was like my full attention was, was on dance, like throughout my childhood and adolescence. And like I could sing, I knew that my, my, my mom knew that there was like something special about my voice because she was a singer, but it wasn't something that I wanted to invest in really. It wasn't until I got into high school and I stopped dancing and 
I started going to a church where there was a worship team and I wanted to be a part of it because I wasn't, I didn't have an outlet for dance anymore. And so I started to, I started singing and that was really the beginning for me of falling in love with Jesus in that space as a worshiper. And were you always involved with church? Were you always involved with, um, Yes and no. Like I grew up in, so we were, we were Catholic in my early childhood. My dad was Catholic and um, we were very involved in church. We were not the like tradition, you know, some who grew up Catholic kind of just go to church on holidays, but we were actually very involved in church. I loved church. <laughs> Even as a little girl, I loved church. I loved to pray. My the fa- pews, the standing, Oh my gosh, I loved going kneeling. to church. I just, there Lessons was something about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was just something about it. I felt connected. I felt connected to God, even like from a young age. And I loved to pray. We have like a joke in my family that when I was younger, like we would pray before dinner. And that's when I would pray for literally every person that was ever put on our prayer request list. And it was it's this joke with my family that like, we weren't allowed to eat until Megan was done praying. And my brother hated that. And (laughs) (laughs) so like, I always I love I always loved church. And then as I got older, actually, my dad, he left and my parents separated. And at that time, my mom started going to a Baptist church. And so I actually went with her, and that was the church that that I'm speaking of when I said I joined, like, a worship team and was introduced to Jesus in a different way. What was it? What was the difference? It felt more personal. It definitely felt more like, oh, Jesus is my friend, not just, like, God, you know, but he's, like, a person, and he's my friend. And I began to experience him in a more personal way, which was needed because I went through some really hard stuff, really, really hard stuff and in my like teen years and mm. um and and Jesus and my like heart for worship is really what held like kind of like pulled me through that time for sure. What was it, the divorce? Um yeah, when my with my parents, so when my dad left and it was like extremely traumatic the way that things played out with my parents and and then I got really sick like physically so I couldn't dance anymore so I had just kind of lost everything like Mm. it just felt like I lost everything and went through a season of very deep depression and suicidal ended up having to like be hospitalized for that and just all these crazy crazy things and it was in that time as crazy as it sounds, it was actually in that time, the season that I was hospitalized, that I started leading worship. And I met Jesus in like a very real, very real way that felt different than anything I had experienced before. So what was it? What was that experience? Um, it was it was through leading worship and it pulled my attention because it it kind of helped me to sing to him, to release my song to him, it, it took my attention off of everything else that was going on around me. And it pulled my attention to him and to to see him and, and to sing to him became a very real, very personal place that I think held me through more really hard times and really hard seasons. And But it was a huge part of my, my journey with him. 
Well, my wife is a is a worshiper, mm-hmm. right? I can't sing for anything, and thankfully she can. And yes, yeah, she um, can. It's so personal for her, yeah. you know. And I and I hear you t- explaining and expressing kind of what worship is, and I it comes across in the way that my wife worships in our conversations yeah. as well. So worship for me is very intimate, especially if it's singing, because mm-hmm. there's different forms of worship. Yeah. Right? But singing, you know, it's the first instrument. It's like it, it's almost primal, yeah. right? Uh, it connects you to past believers and how they worship. Absolutely. Right. So it's so personal and intimate. Can you express in the best way that you can, what it's like when you are in that Mm. phase with the spirit flowing? Cause I've seen you flow dude, and it's, (laughs) it's beautiful. So I I just, I want to ask what it's like, what what are you experiencing? Where, Where is your heart when you're in those moments of such intimacy with the Lord? That's really hard to actually put into words because it is such a like incredibly intimate space. But I think for me, like, and again, this didn't just, I didn't, this was something, this is something that is cultivated, right? Like over Mm -hmm. time. So it didn't just happen where, oh, I entered into worship right at the beginning. Like, as I said, that, that, that season that I started, no, it wasn't like that then. Like it, it, it took a lot of time and a lot of years to cultivate a, a, this intimate place with Jesus. And I think for me, it's when I'm there in that place, like you're talking about, it's just me and him and I see his face and and I see his eyes. And sometimes it can feel a little bit like an out of body experience where I'm, it's almost like I'm, I'm like there, but I'm not there. Like I'm, I'm seeing it from a different perspective. And, and I think as I've grown as a worship leader, it's become more and like, there's, there's moments when it's just me and him, but when I'm leading worship, it's, it's moments where it's just me and him. And then it leads in unto bringing other people into that place and and pulling people in and and helping people engage him as well in 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 that same way so like where people can pull on my intimacy with Jesus if they haven't had that experience yet or they don't know how to do that they don't know that hasn't been cultivated that hasn't been something that they've ever um, been even given the opportunity to know that oh this is this it can be like that or it can be that intimate it can be that close where he's like right in front of you you know oftentimes when I'm worshiping or I'm leading worship he is literally right there right in front of me and I can see his face and and he pulls he pulls on you know like he pulls on my heart he pulls and he's the one then who begins to 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 come through what is it about him what is it about him that that opens you up in that way his kindness, you know, like I said, there's been a lot of, lot of years and a lot of my journey with, with Jesus. He truly is my best friend. Like he's the one who's never left in every season, no matter what it looks like, no matter how hard or scary or how good it is. He's always there. And I say this often when I'm leading worship, the, the goodness of God is defined by his nearness his closeness to us, like that's the definition of his goodness. And and I and I don't say that as like a cliche statement. I say that as a very real revelation, a very real thing that I've walked out. Like he has truly always 
been there. He has never left. And so, gosh, yeah, he pulls me in every time. I can't help it. Like, I literally can't help it. Is there an experience, is there a moment that you're thinking of maybe early on when you first had that kind of encounter when you were worshiping? I think there's a lot of moments, I, you know, for sure. Um, I think the majority of those moments, honestly, although it started when I was younger in that like very dark place, but it really continued in the season that I, I started coming to the harbor and cause I stopped singing for a lot of years. I stopped worshiping. I walked away from Jesus for a time and then I found the harbor and God pulled me back in. And it was in, in that, and it was actually here that I truly found my voice and I truly found him like, like for real. And I think that those are the moments that I think about and the, and the, and the years of journeying in that, like it wasn't a one-time thing. It was such a, you know, I've been at the Harbor now for almost 16 years and it was such a, this journey and this, and this beautiful unraveling that took place first. Right. So like there was a, quite an unraveling that took place at first. And then there was this journey of him picking up all of those pieces and putting in in a sense what he used to say to me is he was putting me back together there was a purpose in all the broken pieces kind of falling to the floor cuz they had to and together we put me back together those are the the most intimate moments the moments where it's just me and him it didn't happen on a stage it happened in my bedroom or in oftentimes in the back of the ministry center where I was just on my face and in during worship in worship, but it was very much so in hidden, hidden spaces. Without giving too many details. And I only want to go as far as you want to go. Yeah. What was it? The brokenness where, what was it that the transformation that you felt the Lord moved in yeah. and was able to put yeah. back together. I mean, I'm a pretty open book, so I don't have any, um, my story is his story. And I think for, for me, it was an extreme amount of, uh, the, of abandonment that I lived under for a long time and, and, and a fear of rejection just because of the way things played out in, in my, in my story with, with my dad and, I did not have a good relationship with him and and it was and so there was a lot of neglect there was a lot of a lot of lies a lot of lack in and so I needed a revelation of the father like I needed a revelation I needed those pieces of my heart to be put back together the things that you know that w- were meant to know growing up being formed were meant to know that we're chosen and we're loved and that we're enough and we're worthy. And I didn't, I didn't know those things. And so because of that, I made a lot of choices over a lot of years that reiterated those lies. And so I had a lot of broken pieces that needed to be put back together and I needed a lot of time with the father Hmm. just to sit with him because it didn't just take it one time, you know, it was, it was over many conversations and many times of him having to remind me and, and still remind me. I mean, it's a, it's a process for sure. Continual. That's, that's, 
that's this beautiful life that we live, right? Glory to glory. I love this. I love that you say process and I love that you talk about a journey. I feel and I have felt in the past maybe an obstacle that mm-hmm. that believers might think is there yeah. that there's no radical instant yeah. you know like mountain shaking moment every time yeah. there's an issue. Yeah. Right? And for me learning process has been a journey. <laughs> Yeah. Like like learning the idea of process where there is something that it takes work and it takes, I mean, work in the sense of like letting it go That's it. daily. And just our agreement, just saying yes, yeah. just letting him in, yielding to the process. Right, exactly. Yeah. And it's not some, because I mean, you hear testimonies and they're amazing yeah. where from one day to the next, they've been like chains were yeah. broken and which is an amazing yeah. thing. But how important is it for believers to kind of embrace that if they don't feel like they have those mountaintop experiences it's yeah and i think i think especially like you're saying in christian culture that can be really challenging and i believe and what what i what i believe is that every suddenly had a process that led to that moment Mm -hmm. right so like our lives are actually made up of process and suddenlies and suddenlies are not actually that suddenly those 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 moments where everything changes and I have those too like I have I have moments I could say like I was set free from this or this you know changed in a day and and it did to a degree change in a day but we're made up of three three parts right we're spirit soul and body and so there are things that our soul has to catch up with and our body has to catch up to our spirit you know that that things that happen in a moment and so for me I'll just give an example of that just to kind of like encourage people in that like I said I dealt with depression like pretty heavily I was on antidepressants from the age of 12 and when I I had just started coming to the harbor I was here about a year and I felt like God told me to take myself off my antidepressants that was not a good decision. That was probably not God. And I, but I did. And it was quite, um, I kind of went into this like deep dive, like very, very dark place. And that actually that night we had a a service going on and I, and I didn't want to come, but I came and I went to the front to receive ministry. It was actually the first time I had ever done that. And someone prayed for me and it was completely broken. Like, completely broken. I had never experienced anything like that before. Woke up the next day and it was gone. And I remember saying, oh, this is what it feels like to not live with heaviness. Like I didn't have any remembrance of ever having not felt that heaviness. And so it was broken off. My life changed in a moment. In a moment, I was off my antidepressants. I didn't need them anymore. So that was like amazing powerful testimony of the goodness of God that came in and broke something off of my life that I had lived under for so long. However, there were patterns of thought and patterns of living that were deeply ingrained because of the amount of years that I lived under it. So it took time. It took time for me to change the behavior, to allow God to come in, to yield myself to him and to walk it out to where change actually took place you know behavior change and that is so it's like a partnership it was a partnership and 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 that's just one example of of so many other things that I could speak the same thing happened you know like where a moment came and changed everything but then it was something that still had to be walked out in a process and 
And I love that. I, b- I believe that our lives are made up of, of these moments and this and then the process um, where we get to walk it out with Jesus. It's actually it's a privilege. It's not it's not like, oh, let me just carry my cross and let me just get through it. No, it's actually in the process that we meet him yeah. like we know him. Mm. It's through the process, you know, it's actually released, too, because. When you say, let me get through it, it just comes across like so much of your own strength, right? Absolutely. Anybody who's just going through, I can do this. I know what I got to do. Yeah. And and embracing and accepting processes are very humbling and, like you said, yielding act mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm, I'm giving it to you because this is the way or this is where I'm feeling you're leading me, Jesus. And, Absolutely. And going in from that. Talking about process, though, and you had mentioned the word cultivate, which I love. Yeah. You know, cultivate with regards to your worship life, yeah. privately. It translates, right? When you're up on stage, uh, how intimate and the, the history that mm-hmm. you've had in expressing yourself towards him in that way. Yeah. As a worship leader to other people who are or seek to be worship leaders, what mm-hmm. were things? What were things that you experienced? What were things that you learned along the way yeah. with regards to cultivating that? I mean, I think one of the main things I would say is never despise being hidden. Don't despise it. Invite it. Whether you're wanting to be a worship leader or on a worship team or this applies to a different area of your life, I will always encourage people to say yes to Jesus in the hidden places. Don't look for the platform. Don't look for the the promotion, the recognition, the the moment. Stay hidden as long as you can. It's in that place that you will be formed and and he will be formed in you. And I think for me, that is um, the sweet sauce. Like that was for me, I would not trade the years that I was hidden and was developing in the spaces that were less seen or less, yeah, less known, I would not trade those years for anything because that's where I learned how to love him. Mm -hmm. That's where I learned that I am loved no matter what, no matter what. Because if if you're moved by failure, you'll be moved by recognition. And so it's in the hidden places that I learned that didn't matter at the end of the day, if I loved him, if I gave him everything and all of my heart, that's all that mattered. It was a lot of years that I spent in that space. And it's not to say that that's not challenging because we're a people of destiny, right? So like we're called, we have destiny on the inside of us. Yeah. And so there's moments in life where we're like ready to explode with that destiny. But God is saying, not yet. Just just wait a little. It's not quite yet. And you can feel that like pressure building sometimes and it can feel a little constricting, but trust the, trust the process, trust the timing, don't despise it, lean into it, even when it feels wrong, even if it feels like maybe there's injustice even in, in the, the waiting or in the lack of, of promotion, trust the timing God is the only one. The Father is the only one that can promote you, and he will give it to you when it's time. But lean into the hidden spaces. It's worth it. It's worth it to do that. Let's go more into that. Let's go more into trusting into the process and waiting. Do you feel that maybe some worshipers struggle with wanting to be up on stage or singing or 
having some sort of outlet. And I don't know if it's necessarily recognition for men, but sure. but just being acknowledged and recognized in that way. Absolutely. I think being a creative or an artist, you were actually there's a something on the inside that knows that you were made to be seen, not to be seen, like you said, for recognition of man, but to create something beautiful. So I think, yes, I think it is actually there's a rub and it can be really hard and we're human, right? So like, depending on where we're at in our journey with Jesus in our process of of growing and, and maturing and building character, our motivations can look different. That's not shameful. That's just like, again, for me, that's just yet again to say, lean into the hidden, Mm -hmm. lean into, let yourself be developed, give yourself the privilege of being developed in a hidden place. It will hold you, it will stabilize you, and it will, it will keep you from being shaken from the, when, in the times when you will be seen, you know, and you will be recognized. But I think it can, it absolutely can be really challenging, really challenging couple more things before before we get out of here i just want to say thank you again for doing yeah. this we are in a very unique time yeah. right now you know coronavirus and changes in the country and there's, there's just a lot of sorrow i feel yeah. we were talking before we were recording that you felt that the church was about to embark into a new a new era new window renaissance a renaissance yeah. that's what you said yeah so can you go more into kind of your heart in expressing that and believing in that and kind of where you see the Lord taking the body and worship and and yourself individually into this new Renaissance era. Sure. Yeah, I think so much of this season, um, I was actually just talking about this with a friend earlier today. God in his kindness and his mercy, he knows, obviously we we know a bit, but he knows the end of the story and what it's going to look like. And it looks like a beautiful bride right at the Mm. end and so in his mercy and his kindness he will choose for us sometimes things that we haven't chosen for ourselves and i believe that in this season it's been very much so about pulling his corporate church into intimacy to call us into a place with him of because of life and busyness space needed to be made you know did you feel there was a lack of intimacy um as, as a big c Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think absolutely. I think we would be a lot further along in the story if there was a deeper cultivated intimacy as a whole in the body of Christ mm-hmm. where where Jesus is, is it, you know, like the motivation of everything we do is out of love, right, for him. And so I, I, I believe that so much of this season, obviously not to minimize any of the the awful things that have gone on but but god god will use it and in his mercy i believe that he's using it to to restore that to us to pull us in to the simplicity of sitting at a table with him or in our living rooms or in our bedrooms and that face to face that beautiful back to the garden walking with him in the cool of the day to where everything just kind of comes down and it just comes quiet and and we can hear him and we can feel him and we can see him and and so I think I believe that's so much of what the season has been about and then we've also just seen like right like unprecedented times like we are living in an unprecedented moment and it can be easy to look at it and see 
great darkness, right? But scripture is very clear that where there is great darkness, that the light will shine the brightest. Mm. And so I believe that we are in a moment unprecedented in in the same way, but on the other side to see an unprecedented movement come forth. And, and I, so that's what I mean when I, when I said, I believe we're about to see, see a renaissance in the church and it's going to look like nothing we've ever seen before. Man, my heart is ablaze right now. Just like ready. And and you know what? I can talk to you for another half hour and we'll do another one of these (laughs) for sure. But I want to press in on that. And I'd like for you to close this podcast out. If you can just pray onto the church for that same, for that same motive, for that same feeling, that same fire that, that we're going, if you can just pray. Yeah, God, we just thank you. We thank you for the season that we've been in and what you've been working and cultivating in your bride in this season to pull us in face to face, to see you, to know you, to experience you, to hear you and feel you like never before, God. And I just ask that as you develop that in us deeper and deeper, God, that you would begin to awaken our hearts, to awaken our hearts to to the life on the inside, to what we have been called as your people to carry in the earth, God, to release revival in every space that we are in, God, that the life of heaven, the life of heaven, the the, the release of creativity, the release of, of love, the release of joy, God, the release of peace that we would that we would not only experience it for ourselves, God, but it would come out of our lives in everything that we do. God, that your church would wake up, that your church, your bride would truly become the partner that Jesus deserves, that she would rise up and take her rightful place, that we as your children would take our rightful place, that which creation is groaning for, that we would rise up and take our rightful place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Harbor Transformation Podcast. I hope that you were enriched, inspired, and blessed by what you heard. Please subscribe on the podcast app and be sure to follow us on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also download our Harvard Church mobile app. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.